0: Welcome to the Relatively Damaged Podcast by Damaged Parents, where burnt out, misaligned, dark night of the soul, people come to learn maybe, just maybe, we're all a little bit damaged. Someone once told me it's safe to assume 50% of the people I meet are struggling and feel wounded in some way. I would venture to say it's closer to 100%. Every one of us is either currently struggling or has struggled with something that made us feel less than. Like we aren't good enough. We aren't capable. We are relatively damaged. And that's what we're here to talk about. In my ongoing investigation of the damaged self, I want to better understand how others view their own challenges. Maybe it's not so much about the damage. Maybe it's about our perception and how we deal with it. There is a deep commitment to becoming who we are meant to be. How do you do that? How do you find balance after a damaging experience? My hero is the damaged person, the one who faces seemingly insurmountable odds to come out on the other side whole. Those who stare directly into the face of adversity with unyielding persistence to discover their purpose. These are the people who inspire me to be more fully me. Not in spite of my trials, but because of them. Let's hear from another hero. Today's topic includes sensitive material which may not be appropriate for children. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as advice. The opinions expressed here were strictly those of the person who gave them. Today we're going to talk with Ginny Lyon. She has many roles in her life. Today we're going to talk with Ginny Lyon. She has many roles in her life mother, wife, daughter, sister, stepdaughter, daughter in law, and more. We'll talk about how she experienced adrenal burnout and a dark night of the soul at the birth of her son. Let's talk. If you want to share your relatively damaged story of struggle and how you found hope, visit us at damagedparents.com and complete the contact form. If you want to share your relatively damaged story of struggle and how you found hope, visit us at damagedparents.com and complete the contact form. Today on Relatively Damaged by Damaged Parents, we have Ginny Lyon, who is a light activator, mentor, and purpose visionary. She helps women visionaries, conscious entrepreneurs, and light leader CEOs become impactful leaders through optimizing business energetics and light body activations. We are so glad you are here today. Thank you. I'm very glad that you are having me. Yeah, no, it's Yay. it's great. It's great. We're here to talk about a struggle. And, you know, I think it's amazing that leaders in our community, leaders in their communities, that people are willing to be vulnerable and say, you know what, I've been there too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fantastic being that mm-hmm. you work with CEOs. What do you see are the benefits of being vulnerable in that type of a position and saying, "Oh, I've been there" or "I've made a mistake," and how does that work in the work you do?
1: So, in particular, with the work I do, you know, is a deep, it's deep work, and we work on a, on a deep emotional level for them to unlock and to reach their fullest potential. Not always within their work, their personal life, really, but it, it obviously emanates into their work because that's why they do it. They want to unlock themselves. I have this feeling that. Anyone who's got anywhere in life or has has encountered difficulties, they become more humble and rounded leaders, I believe, because you get shaped by life. So to be vulnerable and to say that this this has happened to me... Makes you also look very, very human, doesn't it? So then other people who've had the same experience would be, ah, okay, that's really interesting. You know, I didn't realize that's, it doesn't look like she has gone through that, but it just breaks the
0: barriers down, doesn't it?
1: So I think it's important. Yeah.
0: I think it's really interesting. You said it breaks the barriers down. Mm -hmm. What does that mean in the business sense?
1: You know, I think that the days are gone where the leaderships are sort of very masculine, mind and mind-based, and very sort of focused on possibly just profit and things like this. This is like the old way, you know. the The new way is very much heart-based, connecting with your prospects or with the bit in the business you're in, bring, bringing heart and soul into business. Because when we have human connection. And when we encourage people on a, I oh, just connect with people on this level. I don't, I also think you get the most out of them because the kind of the old fear and categorizing things and it has to be a specific way. And it's sort of like, you know, limited that way only somebody can only excel so much in that format. But in a heart based connection and where you sort of lift each other up and more collaborative and
0: collective
1: somebody can really excel in their potential so that's what i think it's
0: it sounds like what i'm hearing from you is being open and, mm. and vulnerable and sharing allows for everyone to help each other if you will and not just one person is the leader and then everyone else is less valuable it am i picking up on that right
1: yeah i think so and i think Depending on what position you are in as a you know, a CEO or a leader or your own business or entrepreneur, you wouldn't be vulnerable all the time because you, you also gotta sort of you know show leadership. But I think it's the insights of where people can see into your life and into the vulnerability at times creates that human connection and just that you're kind of on the same level, really. We're all doing the same journey. We just have different missions and different ways of expressing ourselves in life and business.
0: And I think what you're also saying is one person, whether they're in a leadership position or another person that's not in a leadership position, is one is not better than the other. They're just different and on a different journey. Of course. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I think it just brings vulnerability brings just transparency and truth into the picture, doesn't it? Cause you, you're just, you're real and it's important.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think there's a certain amount of freedom that people get by being vulnerable and sharing what they might think are the, maybe the darkest parts of themselves or saying this hurts when things happen. And speaking of being vulnerable and sharing struggle, you're here to talk about your struggle and... The way you worded it uh, as your biggest struggle was adrenal burnout and dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And that was at the birth of your son. Could you explain what dark night of the soul means? I have no idea what that is or (laughs) how to even understand it. (laughs)
1: Okay. So a dark night of the soul is usually an upgrade of your spiritual mission, or you have kind of some sort of spiritual awakening And it brings you into a dark depression. So it's not like an enlightened, amazing journey where you go, wow, I'm enlightened now. You go through this experience of a deeper depression. And it's not the traditional depression where, you know, you lost your job and you may have done that. But where it's traditionally sort of considered that you can go into depression when certain things happen in your life. It's more like a sudden thing or it's linked to spiritual awakening. So that's the darkness of the soul. So I had that, yeah.
0: Is it like a heavy feeling? It seems like it was tied to a birth of your son. So it's, was it like that night or that day or whatever? Yeah,
1: so for me, what happened was that I, so I'll explain. When I was 23, I had this same experience. It's a soul upgrade, basically. It's one of, it's a spiritual term. Um, the, the soul gets higher emission here on earth in terms of wanting to help and lead and awaken others. And so I had that at 23. At the time, I wasn't clear what that happened and it was really confusing and I had two years. It was a darkness of a soul again for two years. And then it happened again at the birth of my son. So I was like, hmm, I recognize this. So that was what happened, but it happened at the birth. Yes, he was actually emergency cesarean section and they had, do, had been doing an operation on me away but under local anesthetics. And what I didn't realize at the time is that if somebody, if the body goes into shock, you can actually get the adrenal burnout from the shock. While as most people would think, oh, you get adrenal burnout because you've been working too hard and doing too much for a specific period of time, which is also true. You can all forget that. But this particular thing was that I, my glands went into shock. I, at the time, I didn't know. The glands went into shock, which caused the adrenal burnout. I had the soul upgrade at the same time in this operation theatre. I didn't know at the time. I felt very, very strange, though. It did feel like I was out of my body. So I was like, I said to my husband, I'm out of my body. And he's like, no, you're fine. Uh, or like, you look fine. I said, I don't. I'm not fine. I said, I'm really not fine. So then I went to the uh, anaesthetist and, and he sort of just went, checked everything. And he was like, no, it seems okay. All the levels of your heartbeat is fine. Everything's fine. I said, you need to give me a please. Can you give me one now? I'm really not fine. So it was like, okay. So they gave me like a, uh, you know, so I got docile. But that was the, the panic. Like that was how the, I, I realised something had happened, but I thought it was just because I was in theatre like this. And then immediately afterwards, nothing really happened. I was just doing what all new mothers was doing and I was recovering from the operation. But actually it was, I think it was four Five months later i had a, i didn't i was out of myself completely for those four months i was not myself i couldn't get out of the house for many 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 weeks i was just really trying to get through it and i thought it was all to do with the operation because I, it took a long time long time for the body to recover but actually it was the darkness i was sold but i think you know as a new it was my second child but as a new parent you're still so immersed in the child and you're just doing these things that you've kind of, you, you, you just put it all down to that. While it's normally, if you were feeling like that, you'd be like, well, there's something wrong with me," You know,
0: your assumption was that I'm just a new mum, and because I'm a new mum, I'm feeling this way and things yeah. are just hard.
1: It's okay. just hard. Yeah. And it was just a lot harder than the first time around. It was like 10 times as hard, but I thought, well, it's probably because he's not sleeping as much and, probably because it wasn't getting any better i felt myself kind of like shattering to the ground more and more every day i was like this is not good but i I have healers and other people that support me so i was going for my sessions anyway and actually not in the first session it came up i think it was in the third or fourth session my healer my mentor she said you had the soul upgrade at the birth of your son i was like oh oh my goodness so she said, it's going to be okay. Because she was the one who realised I had this other thing at age 23. So she said, it's okay, we'll, we'll integrate it and everything. So I had this um, specific process for it that had helped before. And then after that, I was like back in my body. I felt better, much better, like much better, like 90% better. And so that, that was, yeah, that was good. But, oh, gosh, it, you know, it took probably... So that was better then. And then after about hmm, so another six months, I was kind of still struggling, but really with my energy. And that's when I realized I had the adrenal burnout. And then that took me probably another four years to feel that. It was just full on with not realizing really how bad it was, I think. And you just put it down to that you're a busy parent, but actually it was really quite bad. So I had a lot of nutritional balancing programs and I had acupuncture I had massage I had everything like I had a healing I rested I'd napped every day for years I mean that like, was just ridiculous but it was it's taught me to put that enormous amount of self-care in which I think is something that parents often forget I was forced to care for myself before I could care for anyone else as in Immediately, obviously, I looked after my children, but if I felt I was flagging, I was like, no, I've got to go and lay down.
0: So you really had to be consciously aware. And I just realised we didn't. Could you explain for the listeners what adrenal burnout is? Is it yeah. something tested at the doctor's office? And all the yeah. things that those questions that people yeah. want to know.
1: Yeah. So, like, collectively, I think a lot of adults suffer from a form of adrenal burnout, not just because they would have had something like me, but also the lifestyle. You've had very busy lives. But adrenal burnout is basically where your adrenal glands are working over time to give you the energy and the the focus that you need to get throughout the day. And, and when they and they fire up very easily to things like so for example, somebody with adrenal burnout shouldn't have caffeine or Alcohol or stimulants or lots of sugar. I mean, I don't think people shouldn't have lots of that anyway, but it's really um, fires them up so that they just like burn. Then you have this drop where you're just exhausted. So it's basically the adrenal glands that are completely out of balance. They can't regulate themselves, and they kick in. It's almost like a fight flight response. People just basically hit the wall. They just need to completely reset everything and rest and take care of themselves.
0: That's hard in today's world.
1: It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I contacted a few others that had the same problem or, or similar with the over, overworking burnout around small children. And it was just, it's just, it's quite common. I think it's quite common. People find their way back, but I think it's quite common that people are, are just exhausted.
0: Do people get tested for that at the doctor's office? Yeah. You
1: can go to the doctor, and I think they would see it as an imbalance of the thyroid as well. So although they can't, I don't think they can measure the actual adrenal burnout itself, but they will do a test on the thyroid, and then they will take some tests around that that will determine uh, imbalances in your hormonal system. But the nutritionists are very good with the adrenal burnout. qualified nutritionists. They can see it and other sort of alternative practitioners like the acupuncturist and people working with the you know, acupressure and things like that because they can feel the chi, the life energy in the body is like really irregular and they, they find it in those ways. But the doctor, yeah, they will probably say, I think they take blood tests, you know, they can take blood tests. They took my blood test and they, they it all uh, showed the imbalances in the thyroid and they also thought, they could also see that I was pre-menopausal through the blood test as well so yeah they, they, they do tests okay mm. and
0: so throughout this process it sounds like you're mostly working with the healer and going to all these other places and self-care was just mm. really key and it seems like that would be really hard to do i'm thinking of someone who's maybe working and has children and hits that wall that you're talking about in how would they even begin to, to do self-care at that point? You know, I'm thinking maybe lower middle class, you know, someone who's required that has to keep showing up and showing up and showing up, and it doesn't matter if they've hit the burnout. What types of tools could they use?
1: Well, you know, for me, it was asking for help. So I'd ask help from my husband. Neighbors took my child to school on and off for a few weeks. My mother-in-law helped me. Neighbours were helping as and when, you know, if if you needed anything. So I was, before I would never say yes really to help, but I was like, I say, you said yes to everything. I said, yeah, yeah, fine, thank you so much. So that was like a massive thing for somebody who would always be so self-going and self-functioning and so in my, I was actually in my masculine and lot, you know, getting so much done and getting everything always sorted and be on top of everything all the time. So that was huge. The other thing is, okay, so this is probably a little bit difficult when you have a very small baby, but as soon as the child starts to understand more, you can say to them, no, mummy's is tired, I need to lay down here, why don't you come and watch a film with me? You know, you can, you can sort of tailor your day around if you needed a self-care instead of pushing to run around and play football, you could maybe draw or, you know, you can choose another activity to do with the child if you have a small child. And just say, that's what we're doing. And if they protest, well, no, oh, sorry, <laughs> mummy's got to rest. <laughs> it's not what we're doing. You know, I'm in charge here and this is for my, if it, if it is for my highest good, then it will be for your highest good because I'm looking after you. Right, so
0: because- he
1: had to turn around. I had to really turn that around because before it was like, oh, what can I do that they want to do always, which I would still always still do anyway, you know, I would never not think of what they wouldn't want to do. But if it was really pushing on my well-being no i wouldn't do it i'd I'd find a way around it so that it's so it suited all suited everyone it sounds like and i think
0: too as a as a type it sounds like type a personality go-getter yeah to to even try to slow down would be difficult Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering what the self-talk was like when you were in those places it was almost like I
1: remember one moment I stood in the kitchen and so we live in the UK and so I'd look out in the kitchen I've got the garden as I look I'm just like washing the washes like the cup and I was like it felt like I don't know if I can stay like I don't know if I can be here anymore it was almost like this self-talk was almost not I wouldn't I would not do a suicide but it was like the thoughts were like can I complete this you know this feels too much for me. And that was not, you know, that's not healthy. So I told my husband, I said, I don't want you to worry. I would never do myself anything. But that is not my normal thought process at all. It's the other way around. How can we fix everything? How can we make everything better? So then he was like, okay, what else do you need? I need a okay. cleaner twice a week. Like, because although although you only normally have the cleaner maybe once a week or every two weeks, I, w- I couldn't even take the bins out. So I was like, the cleaner needs to come twice a week and do the washing and help me with that as well. So he's like, yeah, no problem. And then I said, I just need to know that I don't have to do a lot of things because I'm breaking down. So he was like, okay. So yeah, so then we just had to help and we could have the help, which was a good thing. My mother-in-law would help me, but yeah, the thought process, and then I felt, talking about it now, I haven't talked about it. It made me feel like I was broken.
0: So you wondered if you could even possibly repair or come back from this. Yeah. That would be a little scary. I've never had
1: that before and I've never had it after. And I hope I'll never get it again. So I did repair. (laughs) I'm fine now. But yeah, that was the thought process. Think about it. I probably didn't go on for that long. It was probably only a couple of months where it was really bad. And then as soon as I had this process with my mentor, things just shifted dramatically. And then I was like, okay. Now I can do my self-care more motivated. It's even more easier to do it. I can drop the cleaner to once a week because I felt better about doing stuff around the house. You know what I mean? So it got better.
0: What types of things did the healer help on? Were they, the, or the coach or the mentor, however you want to label that? Yeah. What types of thought processes or what types of tools did they give you to help you shift?
1: Okay, so Almira, she was doing divine healing on me, which is what I do as well. on clients. So that is working very much about the emotions, any trauma that you've gone through to take out the imprint of the trauma out of the cells. So we did all that work around the traumatic birth. But this thing, this whole thing where I felt like I was in this dark night of the soul, that's a specific process where you have to bring the soul back into the body properly so that you're really grounded. And I can tell you now, there's so many people, even people that are not know spiritual, there's so many people that are not fully in their bodies because they've had trauma. There's a dissociation in psychology. And they're basically not fully in their body because so they don't kind of want to be there because it's been so traumatic. So she is bringing the soul energy back into the body. And okay. that's what she was doing to me fully. Because when she was working with me, she felt like I was hovering over my own body. So she okay. was like, right, we've got to get you back. And that and that feeling, if you're not feeling like you're in your body properly, it makes you feel like you're not really here. It's weird. So as soon as she brought me back in properly, I was like, okay, I feel much better. Great. Okay. And here it's good. We can do things. I feel connected to things that I need to do and motivated to do them. So the, the way that works, I can't really explain how it works. I do it with other people. You're just literally, you, you're just connecting with it and you pull it back into the body. So it's energy work, really.
0: So what would people notice with the dissociation that you experienced? What did you notice so that maybe some people can relate and go, oh, that makes sense. Okay, now I understand where I'm at. Yeah.
1: So whoever is listening now, even if you're not spiritual or even if you don't know about it or whatever, there's like the two different ways of looking at it. So from a psychology doctor, they would say that anyone who's gone through a trauma, and the trauma was the operation because I was in open operation for like four or five hours. So the body was open for that long with my consciousness awake, which then gave me the trauma, Does that make sense, right? so a trauma specialist or somebody who is a psychologist will understand that it's given trauma to the body as if you had a car accident you would have a trauma to the body because you would have the impact right so what happens then from an energy perspective people feel like somebody's there but the lights are not on it's like they're there but they don't feel connected they just feel like they are removed a little bit from the reality and that is called disassociation in the counselling and and, and if you had trauma specialists and things like that but from a healing perspective what is actually happening is that the soul is lifting out of the body so the person feels removed from reality because it's too painful to be in it so I don't really know how psychologists and the general practice what they do to bring the person back But in the healing world, we bring the soul back in and the person is better off and
0: we we heal the trauma, of course. I'm wondering, does it have to be like a physical trauma or can it be an emotional trauma that happens? If If you want to share your relatively damaged story of struggle and how you found hope, visit us at damagedparents.com and complete the contact form. I'm wondering, does it have to be like a physical trauma or can it be an emotional trauma that happens? It can be an emotional trauma, like,
1: for example, if somebody finds out that their husband cheated and they are like hit in the heart, literally, from disappointment and and hurt, that's a trauma as well, right? So that could also make the the person not want to be there. I would say long-term abuse like if you had in childhood something that happened or if you're in a relationship but there's long-term physical men- mental or emotional or spiritual abuse the same thing can happen if start, the person can start disassociating and that's what it's called in those terms so I suppose the person would feel detached from reality and to not feel that's the mm-hmm. thing to not feel because They don't want to feel because it's too painful.
0: So very tired. This idea of being there but not there. So maybe not fully conscious in their own personal life, if you will.
1: Yeah, misaligned, just feeling very disconnected to themselves.
0: Okay, maybe off would be a good word. They just feel off.
1: Yeah, off, yeah, just a bit off. And they're not sure how to get themselves back.
0: Yeah, maybe there's no clear answer.
1: Yeah, really hard to know what to do. To make a decision.
0: Oh, so any decision could be hard, yeah, or maybe they just want to avoid decisions at all costs,
1: yeah, things like that. Yeah, I'm trying to put it into reality terms what would happen, yeah, what's going on, exactly. Yeah, and maybe burst out of tears really easily okay. Okay. and not linked with their period or their time of the month, but just off again,
0: or maybe anger mm. and frustration are easier to, yeah, burst out. Like okay, that. Mm. okay. It does. It sounds like a dark night of the soul. (laughs) I mean, the description (laughs) matches. It makes sense that someone wouldn't. But it's not like you want to spend time in that place. It's just that's where you're at.
1: Exactly. That's where you're at.
0: There's no fix. I'm thinking even with the healing, you could go and maybe the first time it not really be helpful. Or is it a process? You know, I feel like
1: with the the healing you'll always feel better but sometimes it takes time let's say the person so in this case for me in the beginning the first couple of healings that was very much about just balancing my hormones balancing my system more soothing than like deep work as we discovered what happened that's when we had to go and do much of the deeper work and rescue the soul parts and bring them back in and do this you know what I w- explained but yeah I have a friend who had a dark night of the soul and he simply couldn't see what the point was to be here anymore and he's a very powerful leader of a- alternative knowledge and he's also a healer and a mentor but yeah he had that as well and when we talked about it not so long ago it's very very similar for a man I mean he felt like there was nothing here for him to do he felt He didn't feel good about himself in any way. Like he was a bad person. You know, it's just all very, very depressive thoughts. He
0: he was a healer and alternative things like Mm. that. So I'm thinking he knew what a dark night of the soul was. Knowing what it was, was that helpful for him?
1: No, No. it's not. This is the thing, right? So even if we can name it and we understand what's happening, that was probably the most frustrating thing. Because although I could understand it and, and name it, I couldn't shift it quick enough. How because you don't want me to be staying in that space, right? But I had to just ride it out. Okay, and that was the most frustrating thing. Cause I couldn't shift it quick enough. That I how I wanted it to be. It was comforting in the way that I thought, well, no, it will be okay. Especially after that session, that where I felt a lot better. Then I didn't feel anymore like it wasn't going to be okay. Yeah, but it took another six months to get back properly. So Mm. it's
0: really helpful, although knowing about it doesn't make experience in it any easier.
1: No, it doesn't. You'd think that, wouldn't you? But logic doesn't come in.
0: Well, and I think that's really fascinating and important to talk about because I can have a logical understanding. Like you were saying, you can have a logical understanding and you had to still go through it. There was Mm. no fast answer or easy answer. And... Mm doesn't sound like it was fun no it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible horrific and so getting to that point of just accepting it when you were able to accept okay this is where i'm at because my first thought is just that there was probably a lot of neg- that negative self-talk and i should be able to fix this especially once you knew about it yeah okay so How did you shift that? And because I'm thinking that was part of the healing process is to not be so mean to yourself about going through it.
1: Yeah. So I was being very honest with my people around me. Not that my husband would say at the time, but it would have been other times he would have said, well, you shouldn't feel or be or behave like that because of what you do. So I made it really clear to him and other people around me that just because I am a healer, and because I have you a know, background in psychology and counselling and all other things like this, it makes no difference. Like it really does not. I, I have a technical understanding and I have taken a lot of people through this process myself, but it doesn't stop how I'm feeling. So I made that really clear so that I, I, I don't want to hear about what I know about this because I know what I know about this. So I, I was very strong with boundaries there. So then no one would say anything like, you know, about that, well, you should know how to do this, because that would be, that's the most awful thing somebody could ever say. It's like saying to a psychologist, well, you shouldn't have psychology problems, you're a psychologist. Well, you can't say that.
0: Yeah. Well, and (laughs) you were probably thinking that in your mind already, maybe, too?
1: Yes, I was already thinking, I need to fix this, but then I had to surrender to just go, well, I don't have all the answers. I can't do it on my own. I need help from these other people. Which is very humbling, and I was okay with that. Actually, I was okay to take the help at that point. Yeah, I so said there was no other way, really. But yeah, so very humbling experience. I like
0: that you added because there was no other way, really. <laughs> yeah,
1: because there was no other way, really. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know, so someone with your background and your knowledge, and clearly understanding from a logical perspective, it's still yeah. taking the journey.
1: Yeah. And the human experience. In the beginning of this talk we've done today, you mentioned about the leaders and vulnerability and things like that and how they are seen and maybe and perceived. And there was one thing I thought, it was about accepting ourselves for the human experience that we have and not label ourselves that we should be in a specific way or perfect or we have to show up in this way always and we have to always be you know, on top. Because then that's actually not true, anyway. Instead, just saying to ourselves, "Well, I'm having human experience just like you," and just because I have knowledge in these things, it doesn't mean I am immune to the human experience. Do you know what I mean? I do. It's really important,
0: and that's actually one of the purposes that this podcast is for: is to really show that it doesn't matter if you have disabilities, it doesn't matter if you've struggled with emotions or intellectual issues or you're a CEO or the color of your skin or the color of your eyes. It doesn't matter. We're all here for the human experience. And I'm even coming to the conclusion that we're here for the experience that we are here for. And that may or may not have anything to do with being successful. and sometimes it's just luck. And sometimes that's because that's what the journey we need to take for our human experience. Does that make sense? And some of us have to maybe, for whatever reason, ours is harder in a different way. And I'm saying that because I really do think it's just different. So maybe part of one person's struggle is living paycheck to paycheck and then part of another person's struggle is managing a company and feeling like they're responsible for all these other people's lives Mm. or i'm just kind of trying to throw out some ideas does that i mean absolutely whatever
1: our calling is so i mean i can say like part of your calling is probably to share all this wonderful information have these nice uh, podcasts and helping people right And my calling is to help other people heal and really embody their fullest potential and things like this. But we all, as you just said there, we all have the human experience where I believe we are faced with the most difficult things so that we can overcome and become the best version of ourselves. And instead of looking at it as a, I had bad luck or my life's bad. or well, what am I learning here? What is it I need to learn? You know, What is it I need to learn this experience, whether that was from going from paycheck to paycheck and increase their self-worth and go and educate themselves maybe and get another better job or start their own business. Maybe that was the journey. Or the CEO saying, I, I feel overwhelmed and burnt out. I'm taking too much responsibility for other people. I need to learn boundaries and really allow and delegate and trust my team more. And for me, it was very very much about the self-love, the boundaries, loving myself enough to put myself first so that I can serve my family and my clients because otherwise I couldn't serve anyone. So that was the biggest thing. And slowing down and saying yes, actually receive from kind people who want to help which I think is a big thing for women sometimes. They don't take the help, right? So whatever the the journey is and and allowing to learn from it to become your better self, you are then aligning more with your highest potential, really, because you're working through that. So instead of saying it's so bad, okay, well, what can I learn from this? What am I learning here? What is it? What can I improve? I have the power to change this. How can I improve this? How can I make this better? And that would apply for every single human life.
0: It sounds a lot also like what I'm hearing you say is uh, surrendering to the journey and not worrying so much about the end goal. No, exactly. Surrendering to what is. Because no matter what, it just even from what you're saying, you know, you had a dark night of the soul in the early twenties. You had another one and mm. you really hope you don't have, get to have another one, but you have no control <laughs> over that. <Send> the spirit, <laughs> No more
1: universe. No more of those, please.
0: Again, you don't like, That would be nice. Right. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day. Sometimes bad things happen to people and I don't, and sometimes it's multiple bad things, right? And I don't think they always go looking for them. They just happen. And I think it's, in some ways it's not healthy for me to even think that people go looking for hard things because I don't think we do it on purpose. I don't think any human would do that on purpose
1: subconsciously, there will be maybe sometimes programs that run in the subconscious mind that would ultimately attract that experience. So you're kind of responsible, but you don't realize it's running, if that makes sense. This is typically with relationships and that you're getting bullied at work and, you know, there's lots of other things like that. That would be subconscious, programming, running, things like that. You're kind of creating it, but you're not realising it, creating it. Until you go, right, my subconscious mind is running the show. Let's have a little look at this, shall we? And that's when we then start doing deep inner work and understanding that you can control a lot by awakening, by, by looking at this.
0: And you have to get there, though, first. Yeah.
1: So it's almost like, I don't like this reality. I mean, people say this is not good enough for me. I want to change this. That's when you start thinking, isn't it? That you need to, to, to find some tools or make a change, basically. And so so it's, it's once we realise what we don't want. I'm talking now generally, but what we don't want, that's how we go after what we want, I think. So let's say you end up with some guy before you're married and he's just not the, the, the marriage material or something. And You just think, do you know what? I do not want a guy who is like A, B, C. So then you go, hmm, but who do I want then? Okay. So yeah, it's how you work it out, isn't it?
0: So it Um, sounds like what you're saying is a lot like my whitewater rafting perspective. If I look at the rock, I'm going to hit the rock. So if I only focus on what I don't want, I'm going to hit that. Yeah. Because you shift it. You said, well, what do I do want? So then I have to look at the river and follow the river. Exactly.
1: Oh, I love that. What's that beautiful analogy? I like
0: that. (laughs) It was really neat to watch you go through that thought process. And and I highly respect that. I really have enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, thank you. Me too three things that people can walk away with tips or tools that we may or may not have already talked about oh yeah
1: okay so i really would like i mean this is just not for the sake of getting into my community but i do on my website this is very powerful energy clearing and meditation so if you if people wanted to get into the energy work and clear their mind and ground themselves and be in their bodies <laughs> you know these things and, and feel really a lot of clarity and excitement and happiness really because it clears a lot of things out of the mind and the, the energy field you can get it on my website so it's Love, and if you sign up for the bioenergy clearing it is a wonderful wonderful process that people use over and over and over it's obviously free and it's amazing i'm not saying it because i created it it really truly is amazing i get messages all the time about this one so that would be good that you you want to try something on like that the other thing i would just say look if parents and uh, women in particular maybe are listening to this and feel the overwhelm and feel the burnout and these things i would just say so you have to schedule self-care it's like the most important thing, you just have to get some time for yourself. And even if that's hard in the beginning, just take some steps, work towards this, and it becomes easier after a while. It's the most important thing, self-care.
0: Did you have one more thing you wanted to give us? or If you went to go to the website, there's
1: also an energy hygiene kit in there, which is also including a unified chakra meditation and uh, a really beautiful uh, grid. It's a grid spinning Energetic thing spinning around your aura to to just spin out sort of negativity and thoughts and things that don't belong to you as well. So that i think that's plenty
0: <laughs> that is that is plenty we had an extra one in there we didn't know about but you knew about <laughs> that's fantastic and we'll link that in the show notes and everything we'll be linking your website and all of your groups and yeah facebook
1: i mean page. you've got the facebook group and i have a facebook page but it's all genny lion g e n n y e and then l-i-o-n so if you went on google to look for me it would be facebook instagram my website and
0: everything. So uh,
1: I, I'm not hiding.
0: <laughs> no, you're not. We've got you I'm back. Not hiding. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Jenny. I loved having you today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was really nice to talk to you.
0: If you want to share your relatively damaged story of struggle and how you found hope, visit us at damagedparents.com and complete the contact form. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Relatively Damaged by Damaged Parents. We really enjoyed talking to Jenny about how she recovered from adrenal burnout in a dark night of the soul. We especially liked when she explained, sometimes you just have to take it a little bit slower and allow yourself room to heal. To unite with other damaged people, connect with us on Facebook. Look for Damaged Parents. We'll be here next week, still relatively damaged. See you then.